Join us today during the Jeep Celebration event. Right now, get 20% below MSRP for an average of 15178 under MSRP on the purchase of a 2023 Jeep Grand Cherokee Overland 4xe or Summit 4xe. Not compatible with lease offers or with any other consumer incentive offers. 15,178 average based on 20% below average MSRP from all 2023 Grand Cherokee Overland 4xE and Summit 4xE models and dealer stock. Residency restrictions apply. Take retail delivery from dealer stock by 4-1. Jeep is a registered trademark. Here on Stolen Lives, we discuss brutal and heartbreaking crimes against children. Themes may include child murder, torture and sexual, domestic and child abuse. I do try my best to remain respectful for the babies in these stories and leave out unnecessary details that honestly, none of us need to know to understand the frustration of why and how this ever happened. However, if you find any of these themes triggering, this podcast may not be for you. Listener discretion is advised. This week's episode is a listener suggestion. Thank you to Vanessa for bringing Lola's story to my attention. It is listeners like you that keep the podcast going. And as my way to say thank you to you all, every episode for the rest of the year will be from a suggestion by one of you. If there is a story you feel needs more attention, please comment on the pinned post in the Facebook group or message me on Facebook, Twitter or Instagram. A child, any child, should feel safe in their own home. It should be a place where they should feel free to be themselves without fear of harm or neglect. This became all the more imperative during the pandemic lockdown, where their home would be a child's entire world, their family being the only people in their lives. Unfortunately, as we have learned in far too many stories this year, Star Hobson and Arthur Labinio Hughes come to mind, but the lockdown meant there was no respite for abused children, no chance for someone to see what was happening and to save these children. Lola James is no exception to this. Lockdown meant mother's boyfriend of only a few days moved in with a young family and immediately commenced his exercise of power over this helpless young child. Her mother choosing her new boo over her defenceless two-year-old baby, resulting in six hours of brutal beatings and Lola's death. This is Lola's story. Grateful for the verdicts which have been achieved today. Um, our main thoughts turn to Lola at this time, um, a small, young, beautiful girl um, that shouldn't have died in her own home. Kyle Bevan has been uh, found guilty of murder. This is a horrendous, heinous crime. It was a sustained, violent, abusive assault of a defenceless two-year-old child. Sinead James... Lola's mum failed to protect her. Um, She should have seen uh, and foreseen or ought to have foreseen the risk that Kyle presented to Lola and she should have done something. The police were called to the address in uh, Halfa West as a result of significant concerns by medical professionals in relation to the numerous injuries to Lola, um, which they assessed as inconsistent to the story presented by Kyle Bevan. Kyle Bevan uh, did this heinous act. Um, He delayed calling for any help for about an hour and in that time he's concocted a series of lies making up a story of an accidental stairfall. Kyle is a coward. He wouldn't tell us the truth to this day. We'll never know why um, or how it happened, but we certainly know who did it. 
Lola James was born September 30, 2017, to parents Sinead James and Daniel Thomas. Lola would be the third daughter born to the couple. However, the relationship would break down just after Lola's birth, and James started life as a single mother to her girls. Lola's personality developed quickly, and she soon would be described as a happy, beautiful, charming and cheeky girl. She was so smart and just a bubbly child. Anyone who was lucky enough to meet Lola, their lives were filled with that much more joy. She loved cartoons, in particular the movie Who Framed Roger Rabbit, which she would watch on repeat. Despite living in a household full of girls, Lola loved exploring outside and getting muddy and dirty. Her favourite foods were yoghurt, strawberries and monster munch snacks, which I had to Google and to my surprise, I ate them when I was a little kid and forgotten all about them until now. From memory, they tasted like cheesels, but I also could be misremembering completely. British friends, please let me know. Now, unfortunately, James did not speak as kindly about her youngest daughter. She told a doctor she found Lola to be demanding and thought there was something wrong with her. James also seemed to struggle with maintaining the home, the family home being described as clotted, dirty and smelling of mould. The girls would also often appear unkempt and wearing dirty clothes. Thankfully, there were services available to James which she accepted. Join us today during the Jeep Celebration event. Right now, get 20% below MSRP for an average of 15178 under MSRP on the purchase of a 2023 Jeep Grand Cherokee Overland 4xe or Summit 4xe. Not compatible with lease offers or with any other consumer and set of offers. 15,178 average based on 20% below average MSRP from all 2023 Grand Cherokee Overland 4xE and Summit 4xE models and dealer stock. Residency restrictions apply. Take retail delivery from dealer stock by 4-1. Jeep is a registered trademark. Waiting on a tax return? Hopefully it ends up in your hands. Fraudulent tax returns due to identity theft increased by 30% in 2023. If you're in a bind this tax season, LifeLock can help. Our U.S.-based restoration specialists are experts dedicated to helping solve your identity theft issues. And all LifeLock plans are backed by the Million Dollar Protection Package. So we'll reimburse you up to the limits of your plan if you lose money due to identity theft. Help protect your information this tax season with LifeLock. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com slash aware. 2020 when our story takes place. 30-year-old Sinead James was living in an apartment off Princess Royal Way in Haverford West in South West Wales with her three young daughters, including two-year-old Lola James. James had recently ended an abusive relationship and had received support from various agencies in regards to housing and counselling to reclaim her independence and to be a positive example for her girls, that you could make life better for yourself and you are not a victim. However, by late February 2020, James had entered into a new relationship with 31-year-old Kyle Bevan, the couple initially meeting on Facebook before meeting in person. James quickly introduced her new boo to her girls. Sadly, James did not take on the advice given to her in counselling, where she was told not to invite another adult into her and her daughter's lives unless she knew them well that it was best to enter into any type of relationship slowly, but this didn't happen. We all know what happened in March of 2020. I feel like I could do an entire podcast series of its own from this time period, and I feel like we've only scratched the surface of the damage that was done to children's safety and well-being during the lockdown period. We only hear about the worst of the worst, 
Not the silent victims who may not have lost their lives but are forever scarred physically, emotionally and psychologically from abuse and neglect suffered during this time period. But for Lola, March 2020 meant that James and Bevan's relationship continued on its fast track, with Bevan moving in with the young family only weeks after meeting James in person. Bevan was not the type of person you would think of stepfather of the year. Those who knew Bevan described him as having a nasty and explosive temper, but he was prone to violent outbursts. Only made worse through regular and heavy use of amphetamines and Xanax, Bevan proudly boasting to friends that he smoked cannabis every day. James only saw the good side, at first anyway. She told friends how amazing Bevan was and how she wasn't frightened of him like every other man, that he was going to protect her and her girls. And like most narcissists, Bevan was loving and caring and gave James everything she ever hoped for, essentially love-bombing her. But like most narcissists, this wouldn't last long and Bevan's mask soon started to slip, a true Jekyll and Hyde, revealing the worst kind of monster imaginable. Bevan would become verbally and physically abusive to James and the girls, some of which is captured on Facebook Messenger. He would call James a worthless cunt, and she would mention an incident where he grabbed her in an effort to snatch her phone, bruising her. Another exchange just showing their incredibly toxic relationship read, You're being a fucking asshole, Sinead. Sly as a fox. I'm not bothering anymore. You have pissed me off last night and you have pissed me off this morning. I've got weed here for your mum and you didn't even get it to her. But it wasn't just James. In other messages, Bevan referred to Lola as a little bitch. Quote, she was doing my fucking head in. Unquote. To which James responded she would throw her own daughter out of a window if she didn't stop crying. April 19th, 2020. More messages exchanged between the pair told of the escalating violence within the household, mainly directed at two-year-old Lola. This time, Lola suffered from a bloodied nose caused by Bevan when James left the toddler in his care. And then a week later, a bruised chin, which Bevan claimed was caused by Lola falling over. May 1st, 2020. James left her girls in the care of Bevan overnight, Bevan sending her a message at 1.30am saying that Lola fell out of bed and bit her lip. It was soon that neighbours too began to notice something wasn't right in the household. May 10th, 2020. One neighbour photographed Lola with what appeared to be a black eye. James explaining this away that Lola had fallen over but she hadn't been there to see it because Bevan was looking after the toddler. On another occasion, just four days later, yet another neighbour would state she'd spoken to a frightened James who told her she had to get Lola out of their house after Bevan began smashing the home up and hit a light switch with a hammer. James also told this neighbour she had chipped a tooth after Bevan had butted a door. Although I'm not sure how James would chip a tooth if Bevan had headbutted the door, I'm hesitant to guess that Bevan actually headbutted her and not a door. But this is my opinion only. But what is quite apparent here, the violence against James and Lola is escalating in just two short months. July 7th, 2020. While going on a park outing with some friends, Bevan pushed a stroller with Lola inside onto a busy road while shouting, fuck it, James having to literally jump out onto the road herself to save her baby. Friends in attendance were obviously disturbed by the incident, 
and would later report that Lola was not her usual cheery self and she had bruises on her legs. James telling a friend she was over the relationship and she had the children to think about. However, James made no attempts to leave Bevan or have him removed from the home, which she could have. She did have access to services that would have helped her do so. Instead, James chose to prioritise her relationship with Bevan over the genuine concerns others had for Lola's safety. July 9th, 2020. More Facebook messages between the couple in which Bevan talks about Lola being knocked over by the family's dog, an American bulldog named Jessie. That Jessie had knocked Lola over and she'd hit her face on the coffee table. That Lola was struggling to breathe. James would reply she was concerned Lola may have a broken nose, but failed to get the two-year-old any type of medical attention for the injury. Instead, James chose to hide the injuries Lola had received from medical professionals. I would assume this would be out of fear that social workers and the police would get involved, risking her custody of not just Lola, but all three children. But again, James did nothing. She did not leave Bevan despite the increasing severity of Lola's injuries, caused by a man who would take the little girl's life only a week later. Waiting on a tax return? Hopefully it ends up in your hands. Fraudulent tax returns due to identity theft increased by 30% in 2023. If you're in a bind this tax season, LifeLock can help. Our U.S.-based restoration specialists are experts dedicated to helping solve your identity theft issues. And all LifeLock plans are backed by the Million Dollar Protection Package. So we'll reimburse you up to the limits of your plan if you lose money due to identity theft. Help protect your information this tax season with LifeLock. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com slash aware. July 16th, 2020. Lola was having an unsettled evening and wouldn't go to sleep. I would say this had a lot to do with her broken nose, if not any other injury she was suffering from at that moment because of Kyle Bevan. But Bevan insisted he was fine to stay up with Lola until she went to sleep. Sinead James would tell Bevan in messages that she trusted him with her children and she went to sleep. Which, that blows my mind. At this point, after months of escalating violence, not only against Lola when she wasn't present, but against James herself. There are no excuses of, oh, I believed him when he said Lola fell down or the dog knocked her down. James experienced this violence firsthand, enough times to question anything Bevan said about how Lola got hurt. And she must have known because she didn't take Lola to the hospital for her apparent broken nose. I could not be more angry or frustrated at James at this point. Lola did not have to die. James could have stepped up and been a mother and put her daughter first, but she didn't. At first, everything seemed fine. Bevan's Snapchat history shows a number of photos he took of Lola with various Snapchat filters. Anyone would think he was a loving and caring stepfather. This wouldn't last long, though, because by midnight, James was awoken by a loud bang, followed by the sounds of Lola screaming. But this wasn't enough for James to check on her daughter. Instead, James was met by Bevan, holding what seemed to be a sleeping Lola near Lola's bedroom door. When James asked him what happened, Bevan assured James that everything was fine and he had it handled. The reality could not be further from the truth. But James never went into Lola's room. She never checked on her. Never made sure everything was actually fine. She just went back to bed and went to sleep. By 6.30am, Lola had fallen into a coma. After six hours of sustained, deliberate and very violent attacks at the hands of Bevan, Lola was just clinging onto life. 
However, rather than calling 999, Bevan began searching the internet about head injuries. Google searches on Bevan's phone regarding toddlers who had taken a bang to their head or had gone all limp and snoring. Police would later ask Bevan why he failed to report Lola's obviously gravely serious condition to 999 straight away. Quote, I panicked, like, look what happened when 999 was called. Look at all of this. I didn't want to push. I thought she knocked herself out, but obviously it was more serious than that. Unquote. Five minutes later, Bevan would take a number of distressing photos of Lola, showing the toddler unconscious with a bruised and swollen face. He would also take a video, which would later be used as evidence in the criminal trial. In this video, Bevan callously stands Lola up before letting her drop to the floor like a rag doll. Bevan then saying, quote, No, she's gone. Unquote. A video that I'm sure will stay with the jury for a very long time. It would take almost an hour before Bevan would do anything remotely productive to save Lola's life. And I do say remotely productive. Bevan's mother, Alison Bevan, is a healthcare worker. And again, instead of calling 999, he messaged her, telling her that the family dog Jessie had knocked Lola down some stairs and she wouldn't wake up. He would also send photos and the video to his mother. Alison doesn't watch the video and she never has. Given her profession, it would have been evident to Alison by the photos that this child was in dire need of medical attention. She would be the one to call 999 at 7.29am, telling the operator, quote, She's floppy and they can't wake her up. I'm not with the patient. They've just contacted me now to call an ambulance as they haven't got credit on their phone. I don't know the exact time. It must have just happened. Unquote. Is the patient awake? No, she's a two-year-old that's fallen down the stairs. She's unconscious. They can't wake her up. Um, okay. okay. Tell me exactly what's happened. Uh, a two-year-old. She's um, got ADHD. She's fallen from top to bottom of the stairs. Um, they can't wake her up. And then she's bit the end of her tongue because they're not sure if she's fitted. But she's sloppy. They can't wake her up. And you're not with a patient now? I'm not with a patient. They've, okay. they've just rang me because I've got credit on my phone to ring an ambulance now, they said. They can ring credit. They don't need credit to ring an ambulance. Okay. Oh, they, they panicked, I think, so. And when did this happen? Uh, this morning. I don't know the exact time. Um, it must have just happened because they're trying to... What caused the fall? The, the child woke up and she's fallen down the stairs, apparently. So. Is there any serious bleeding? Uh, no, it's just a massive lump on the head. Okay, is the patient awake? No, she's not. She's not awake. She's only two. Okay, tell me exactly what's happened there. Tell my partner, because I was in bed. He was up with me. Okay. <sighs> she's fallen down the stairs, she has. Right, okay. From the top of the stairs to the bottom, and her whole head's all swollen, and she bit the top of her tongue off or something. Okay. <laughs> okay. How old is she? Two. I don't. I don't. He's actually got the tongue in his hand. Okay. So. Just to confirm, is she conscious? Is she conscious? I don't even know. Yeah, she's conscious. She's breathing. She's just sleeping. 
Can okay. you go sit with her, please? So does she wake up when you respond when you try and wake her? She like moves when she when I try to wake her, but her eyes are all swollen and all. Okay. I'm really scared. Okay. How far did she fall? From the top of the stairs down to the bottom. Okay. What caused the fall? I had this bloody dog that I had at Badge there and she just fell. Okay. Is there any serious bleeding? Kyle, is there any serious bleeding? Is there any serious bleeding? No. Okay. It's just bruising in her head or so in her eyes. Okay, so stay on the line and tell you exactly what to do next. Do not move her unless she's in danger and do not splint any injuries. Can oh, I take her name? Yeah, it's Lola James. Don't move it. It is not clear at what point James wakes up or is woken up by Bevan. But two minutes after this first 999 call, James miraculously has credit on her phone and she calls 999 herself, sobbing, quote, her eyes are swollen, I'm really scared. She fell from the top of the stairs to the bottom, unquote. James tells the operator there is no serious bleeding, just bruising to her head, which is also swollen. James is told to stay on the line and not to move her daughter. Paramedics arriving at the Princess Rollway apartment at 7.34am. Lola is en rushed to Withybush Hospital in Harvardford West, with her mother James travelling with her in the ambulance. Bevan could not even be bothered driving to the hospital to be with them. He stayed at a neighbour's house. All the while, the couple are messaging each other about what they would say to police if they were questioned. Quote, It's that fucking dog jumping on her constantly. Everyone is going to blame me by the sound of it, and I'm not having it. Never in my life. I would never harm that child like that. Unquote. Bevan wanted James's word that she would have his back, and she agreed to support his story. It is quickly evident that Lola's injuries were severe and she'd be transferred to the Noah's Ark Children's Hospital in Cardiff, where she would be placed on life support while doctors fought to try and reduce the swelling on Lola's brain. But doctors soon realised Lola's injuries were unsurvivable. One doctor later describing Lola's body as the most bruised and battered she'd ever seen. There were bruises and grazes all over the little girl's body. An examination of Lola's eyes showed serious and extensive damage to both retinas, while a scan showed catastrophic and fatal brain injuries. Injuries that could only be caused by sustained abuse. It was evident what happened to Lola could not have been accidental, and her injuries were not consistent with a fall down a flight of carpeted stairs. July 21, 2020. While doctors turned off Lola's life support, allowing this sweet little two-year-old to gain her wings and be free from her abuser, police closed in on Bevan, questioning him in his home. That night, Sinead James would be arrested at the hospital where her daughter lost her life. She is charged with child neglect. Only minutes later, Cole Bevan would also be arrested for Lola's murder. Bevan would tell police he was downstairs when he heard Lola walking around upstairs. He asked the toddler if she wanted some cereal, to which she replied she did. It was when Bevan was in the kitchen preparing the snack was when he heard several loud bangs. When he went to investigate... Bevan found Lola unconscious at the bottom of the stairs. Bevan then would claim he thought Lola would be fine. 
that she simply knocked herself out, even though he said in hindsight that didn't make sense as Lola was snoring and this wasn't a good sign. He said he picked her up and placed her on the sofa, getting her some clothes because she was naked and cold. He said Lola had bit the tip of her tongue off, so he placed a sheet in her mouth. He said he tried CPR, that he tried everything he knew but nothing was helping. Bevan denied ever hitting Lola or doing anything to harm her. He said the family were happy and that he and James had a good relationship. That yes, they fought, but everyone did. It was nothing unusual. Bevan's story of what happened to Lola was not consistent with her injuries. Pathologist Dr Stephen Leadbeater conducted Lola's autopsy and determined her cause of death to be due to a subdural hematoma and swelling on the brain. Little Lola had suffered bruises on her face, arms, legs and body. She had puncture wounds to her forehead, brain injuries, all inconsistent with a fall and could be only caused by, quote, purposely inflicted injuries, unquote. That it would have been unlikely Lola would have been walking around or even crying or screaming due to the onset of brain dysfunction. That the only way Lola could have sustained her injuries was due to blunt force trauma from punching or violently shaking or a combination of both. In total, Lola received more than 110 external injuries. Dr Leadbeater reporting in the autopsy the phrase I have said far too often in this podcast. That Lola died from the sort of injuries usually seen in car crash victims or people who have fallen from significant heights and that she would have endured, quote, mental and physical suffering, unquote, before falling into a coma. Police went to the family home to investigate what really happened, because it was clear what Bevan said it didn't. Firstly, there was no way Lola could have even gotten out of her room. There was a baby gate on her door to stop an accident like her falling down the stairs happening. And I know there are plenty of two-year-olds out there who are very smart and can climb over these gates or even open them. I had little escape artists myself but James would later tell police that Lola couldn't do either, that once the gate was shut, she couldn't get out of her room. And while the rest of the family home was in an absolute state, the bathroom was suspiciously clean and smelling of bleach. And something that stood out to paramedics when they arrived at the apartment after the 999 call was that Lola's hair was strangely soaking wet. It is believed Bevan tried to cover his tracks by placing Lola in the bath, scrubbing her body so thoroughly that he removed some transfer tattoos she had had her big sister put on her earlier on the day before she was attacked. It has also been said it is possible that Bevan thought placing Lola in the bath would wake her up, but I don't buy that. I don't think he ever thought of saving this little girl, only in an attempt at covering up what he had done as self-preservation, and to support the latter is him cleaning the bathroom afterwards with bleach. Further searches of the home, Lola's frozen onesie, from the movie Frozen. The onesie was found hidden in the living room cupboard, stained with blood. Was she wearing this onesie on the night Bevan killed her, or was this from an earlier assault? Either way, it was hidden for a reason, to hide what he had done to the little girl. Also found was Lola's duvet, which was covered in brown stains and crusty yellow stains, believed to be vomit and urine. The court heard that she was someone who had a network of supportive friends and family around her. But she chose to prioritise Bevan's needs over the safety of her own daughter. Sinead James and Kyle Bevan's crimes won't be forgotten. They were the ones who were supposed to protect her. But they were the ones responsible for her death. 
April 25, 2023, Swansea Crown Court. Sinead James was found guilty of causing or allowing her daughter's death. She was sentenced to six years in prison. She must serve half her sentence before being eligible for parole. As part of her defence, James claimed she had no idea Bevan would ever cause her daughter harm and she would have left him if she had known, which, as I've already said a few times in this story, I don't buy it. James chose to turn a blind eye even though she knew exactly what Bevan was capable of. James would say herself she never saw the dog injure Lola, that it only ever happened when she wasn't there and Lola was in Bevan's care. James would also state she knows she failed her daughter, quote, I wish I could turn back time and never met him, unquote. That night, the night of the 16th to 17th of July, Denae James was woken at midnight by a bang followed by Lola screaming. She got up and saw Kyle Bevan holding Lola by her bed. But when he said, I've got this, she just went away. She did not go into Lola's bedroom or have a proper look at what had happened. She went back to her own bed and left Lola alone with Kyle while she slept. During that night, he carried out the further attacks on Lola, which killed her. Lola was a very young child, two years and ten months old. She was particularly vulnerable, not being strong enough to resist or old enough to tell anyone what was happening. Kyle Bevan was in a position of trust, having assumed the role, as he described himself to the ambulance crew, of Lola's stepfather. He started to hurt Lola at midnight, and he carried on until she was unconscious at 6.30 a.m. He did not stop when Sinead James nearly caught him in the act when she heard Lola scream at midnight. This was a sustained, deliberate, and very violent attack. The attack was completely unprovoked. There is no suggestion that Lola was playing up in any way before she was killed. For some of the injuries, Kyle Bevan used weapons. The attack would have caused both mental and physical pain and suffering before the onset of coma. It was the culmination of several months of physical child abuse. He has no remorse at all, even now. At the time, he did not even simulate sadness about Lola's injuries and critical condition when everyone around him was distraught. At the hospital, he threatened and insulted the staff. He hurled abuse at the victim's natural father and challenged him to a fight for no reason at all as Lola lay dying in critical care. However, she came into the relationship with Kyle Bevan as a victim of past domestic abuse from other partners. As a result, she had been trained through domestic abuse programs to protect herself and her children. But she allowed Kyle Bevan into her household on the basis of a superficial initial impression. As evidence against him began to mount, she continued to hope for the best 
and leave her children at risk. She was surrounded by supportive friends and family. She was connected with social services. She always had places of refuge, but she shut her eyes to the very obvious danger which Carl Bevan posed to her children, even after she saw him deliberately push the pram into oncoming traffic. She prioritised the relationship with Kyle Bevan over concern for her children. This was never more evident than when she went back to bed after the scream and the bang which she heard from Lola's bedroom when Lola was with Kyle only hours before Lola was murdered. There are weighty mitigating factors. She is very remorseful, as I saw when she gave evidence. She is also genuinely devastated by Lola's death. She has lost custody of her surviving children, although she remains in contact with them. After Lola's death, Sinead James cooperated as fully as she possibly could with the investigation. For the murder of Lola James, I sentence you to imprisonment for life with a minimum term of 28 years, less 368 days already spent in custody. For allowing the death of Lola James, I sentence you to six years imprisonment. You will serve half, namely three years, before release on licence grateful for the verdicts which have been achieved today. Um, our main thoughts turn to Lola at this time, um, a small, young, beautiful girl um, that shouldn't have died in her own home. Kyle Bevan has been uh, found guilty of murder. This is a horrendous, heinous crime. It was a sustained, violent, abusive assault of a defenceless two-year-old child. Sinead James, Lola's mum, failed to protect her. Um, she should have seen uh, and foreseen or ought to have foreseen the risk that Kyle presented to Lawler and she should have done something. The police were called to the address in uh, Halfway West as a result of significant concerns by medical professionals in relation to the numerous injuries to Lola, um, which they assessed as inconsistent to the story presented by Kyle Bevan. Kyle Bevan uh, did this heinous act um, he delayed calling for any help for about an hour and in that time he's concocted a series of lies making up a story of an accidental stairfall. Kyle is a coward, he wouldn't tell us the truth to this day. We'll never know why um, or how it happened but we certainly know who did it. It took the jury just over 10 hours to find Bevan guilty for the murder of Lola James. He was sentenced to life imprisonment with a minimum term of 28 years. He will receive credit for the time served awaiting trial. In her victim impact statement, Lola's grandmother, Nicola James, spoke directly to Bevan, demanding he look at her, quote, You took the young, innocent life of my granddaughter. You have taken so much more you can't imagine. You killed my Lola. You have broken her family, unquote. Nicola also spoke of the last time she saw Lola and how her death rocked their entire lives. Quote, My last memory with Lola is hearing her singing the song Diamonds by Rihanna. 
She will forever be our diamond up in the sky. We will never forget her. And we will continue to keep her memory alive. As a family, we will never get over this. The loss that we feel is indescribable. Unquote. On behalf of Daniel Thomas, father of Lola James, the pain and grief I feel every time I close my eyes and see your perfect little face is unbearable. The pain I feel thinking of all the smiles you gave to me and that all the smiles I won't get a chance to give back to you hurts so much. Even to say your name shatters my heart to know you can't hear my voice anymore. The only reason I can stand here today is for hope that you can see me see that you were loved and that you deserve to live a full, happy, safe life, surrounded by the joy that you gave to others. I'm so sorry your short life was filled with so much pain. You were so loved, Lola, and so missed every single day. A great team with much passion has worked together for the day since you've left us. The outcome here will never stop the hurt you felt or the hurt that lives inside of me. It's been a long time coming to see justice and I can only pray that these cruel, evil people that hurt you and allowed you to be hurt suffer pain and torment until they take their last breath. If you have your own thoughts and theories on the case we discussed today or any case we talk about on Stolen Lives, Please search Stolen Lives on Facebook, like the page so you don't miss an episode, and join the discussion group to talk about your thoughts and theories. You can also talk to us on Twitter, search lives underscore stolen, or on Instagram, Stolen Lives Podcast. If you like what you heard today, we would appreciate it if you share this episode on your social media of choice, and subscribe and leave a positive review on your podcast app. Today's episode was researched and written by me, Ali. Hosting and production was also by me, Ali. Music is by Mayu. Mayu.